2: No taro. Did oh I my say it god.
1: Right?
3: Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Mm. It's taken 15 long <laughs> years. <laughs> Today's our 15th anniversary.
2: And boy, do we have a. How uh, are we going to celebrate? Sh- I know you how, how we will. It celebrate. We're gonna do a podcast that's gonna knock your socks off.
3: <laughs> yeah, happy
2: anniversary! Uh, it's not. It would really be our weird if we knew the exact date that we met.
3: <laughs> I probably could find it because I have an ah. archive of uh, shows on my website, and we that met at cute. the Improv.
2: That would be cute. Yeah, I'll find it. Tick, today we talk about uh, the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, making out with the people like uh, Charlie Sheen. Not just the
3: 90s, but yeah. v- a very different version of the 90s than I had. I'll tell you that oh, much.
2: same. Yeah. <laughs> that is not <laughs> at all what I was up to. weren't hanging out in, with Michael Jackson in uh, uh, Bubbles?
3: No. I mm-hmm. was I was listening to the Indigo Girls. Yeah. And uh, I mm-hmm. think I was in Denver. I was in Austin.
2: But anyway, today we have a very special guest on, Mm -hmm. Um, and she, ooh, I said she, is going to tell us um, a lot about um, her experiences, if you will. Even if you won't. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Everybody, germs and ladies, that's definitely not how it goes. Ladies and germs, ladies and gents, ladies and, okay, ladies and jerks. Please welcome to Kid Ninety. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid two thousands. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes.
3: A podcast about documentaries. Microphone on. Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs.
1: I am the first ever
4: podcast, (laughs) and Tig and Cheryl. Are following in the sound of my footsteps.
3: Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Tig. Cheryl. It's me, Tig. <laughs> How's it going?
2: It's going pretty well. If if anybody cares, I'm in Toronto. I don't think they care. Hey Tig, guess where I am? It's where I'm from. Hmm. <laughs> Is it
3: near Florida?
2: <laughs> I'm in Florida. You're at at, I'm cracky's at House. house. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting in the corner. Okay. But listen, Mm -hmm. we have a really fun episode. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. We have a special guest. We do. We do. She's she's laughing already. Should should we introduce the documentary first or should we introduce our guest? Let's introduce the documentary first. So today we're talking about Kid 90. Mm -hmm. Kid 90 is a 2021 documentary film directed and produced by Soleil Moon Frye. Soleil achieved fame at age seven when she played the titular character on the NBC sitcom, Punky Brewster. Oh my God, we have so much to talk about. In the 90s, Soleil began carrying a video camera with her and extensively documenting her teenage years. The documentary is the first time Soleil has reviewed the tapes, which are intercut with present day interviews with many of her friends from that time. Kid 90 is available to watch now on Hulu.
3: Soleil. Welcome to the show.
2: I, I am so honored to
4: be here with you guys. This is going to be great. Do not speak too soon. <laughs> OK.
3: <laughs> now, So, like, can I tell you something that you can I can't, tell me anything, please?: I can't possibly get started on this show without explaining this to you. I used to be part of a podcast um, almost 10 years ago. And we used to um, talk about science and outer space
4: and things like this. What? I, I love science and outer space, so. Okay, um, I, so. Can't, I, can't wait. I can't
3: wait till you find out what I'm about to tell you. At the end of every, and I'm sorry, Cheryl, but you know, we don't stay on track and so, and you have no idea what I'm about to say either, right, Cheryl? No, I'm getting nervous. Well, it has something to do with Soleil. Okay. okay. Um, it has a lot to do with... Like life. I'm getting
4: more and more excited by the moment.
3: Okay. Um, w- so me and a couple of comedian friends of mine, um, we were one of the early podcasts, and we used to end our podcasts with different games and fun little things to do. And one of the games that became our signature way to end each episode was called Name That Punky. And um, our fan base went nuts over this game. <laughs> and uh, basically what it was, <laughs> was uh, one of the hosts would talk like the guy, the... the, the George Gaines. Yes, George yeah. Gaines on so your show. They, do,
4: they would do Henry
3: yeah yeah they, why he, didn't he, you
4: call me to come do punky because i would have like reenacted it for you uh,
3: What? what <laughs> here's the thing is we didn't this is what the game was was um my co-host would say uh something in george that's his name yeah in henry
4: i george, mean george yes george Hen- Hen- yeah what, yes okay <laughs>
3: this elderly man in his voice he would imitate him saying something to punky like he would say um Oh, punky. <laughs> and then uh, me and the other co-host would have to guess what he was saying, oh, punky, about.
4: Oh, that you, is amazing. Understand? Yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> and then we would have three, which were, was originally called supposed to be punky coins that we could... Um, we could. you would win? Is that what you would win? No, we we would mm. we'd gamble uh, a punky co- a punky coin. Oh my god! And then, this is um, amazing. No, this is
2: horrifying. And Antig- this, this is, is incredible. Pipe
3: <laughs> down. So we would wager punky coins, and then one time I accidentally called them punky corns, Uh-oh. and then it became very popular on the show to wager punky corns. Oh my god. And uh, we would guess, we would name that punky, and uh, and that's how we ended our show for years. And wh- And we started doing a live tour, and people would go crazy when we would end our our with shows, it? our live shows, with name that punky, and people would bring punky coins. Or Are you punky- serious? They would bring they'd bring homemade punky corn that what? they would wager.
4: <laughs> This is incredible.
2: Yes, this
4: this is amazing.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, this is I think part of the Hmm. issue. Like a a Punky Brewster. Hmm. My god! I mean, how long ago was was that? And this is still like she's still Hmm. Soleil is still. I mean, people look at you and go, "Hey, hey, Punky Brewster." Well, I'm
4: like, uh, but the thing is, and I really do mean this that. So punky, I love punky so much. Like, and there's also, by the way, yeah, there's like no one. Line. There's no one that like w- loves her more. Like, literally, when I tell you that, like, I dressed up for like as her for years, just like to make my friends laugh. Like, if if they were all stoned at night, I would be like, "Hold on a second, I had a great party game." Like, I. I'm completely embracing of the punkies. So much so that like we did the continuation and you know brought it back. And and so So you're uh, not mad at
3: me for doing it. Uh, this name that this punky literally is
4: this this has made my entire week. Wow. Uh, like wow. legitimately because because I have so much love for punkies. So when there is love or humor. Around it, it just makes me really happy.
3: And when I was in junior high school, I had a shirt that my mother got me, where one side was one color, the other side that you buttoned together was another color. One sleeve was one another color, another sleeve was another color, and my mother called it my Punky <laughs> yes. Brewster shirt because you were all. We should funky, all punky. have a Punky
4: Brewster <laughs> shirt. Punk, Punky is like well, my inner superhero, like my little uh my little action figure.
3: <laughs> but I know you're more yes. than that. I know that you're a oh, more yes, layered, dynamic tiggish. person That's than right. just That's right. That's
2: what I'm, Cheryl. T- I don't need to be reprimanded yeah, no, on my you own. Do. T- I do. I think not. You do think do not. I think you I wish I could see you privately in the kitchen for okay. one second so I can talk to you right, <laughs> but we're in different countries uh. so Soleil this documentary okay you like we have talked about uh, you played Punky Brewster sure. for how many years did you were you on that? We, we shot it for four years so or four yeah so
4: we did 88 episodes and um, <gasps> did my it my favorite number what <laughs> oh, that my that's, okay first of all eight is my number 88 is my number and 888 is is also mine I'm all about eights oh I am okay, okay. I
3: feel nothing for one eight okay. I feel nothing for three eights but okay eights, well me. I mean
4: if I showed you in my phone the amount of eight? double eights yeah oh yeah uh-huh. like I mean why do you wait I mean when, what,
2: what does that okay. mean Cheryl you know, stay why, out of I, it I've why does somebody friend? have a lot of how would you have a lot of eights on your in your phone because I am all about signs oh, and double like a, signs and so signs from the universe
4: so, come from signs through. Signs from the universe. and, you and you uh, Yes. Th- like, and numbers and, oh yeah, and eights. Oh, are,
2: have so much to talk about. Very, Look at me
4: showing up 80, my mean, favorite number N <laughs> used to end my I show mean, with Name That Punky.
2: I mean, and then your Punky Brewster shirt. Are,
4: yes. I'm t- and I had a I mean, Punky why Brewster shirt. She's like, why in your phone are there 8 i I'm not even kidding. Like, I literally... Love eights. Love eights. That, yes. So so you were. Me and you. you, Me and you. So
2: you started the show when you were seven. Yes. I think I was like six when we did the pilot. Yeah, six, seven, like crazy little. I mean, that's so crazy to me can you imagine Tig, when your boys are a few years older that they become a like a huge tv star you know where they can't even imagine them being a medium <laughs> tv star <laughs> <laughs> when they're seven and someone says get up and go to work and they mm-hmm. get up and take a shower and are on the set and do you know, four-year-olds get up and take showers i'm
3: saying seven so like, how <laughs> many kids do you have
2: four you have four kids. That's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. You're it's jumping lot. ahead. Tig is jumping ahead. I,
4: they, I, a lot. One's almost 16. One's <sighs> 13 going on 30. One's seven. And <gasps> one's almost five in a week. Oh, my. Are they
3: entertainers?
4: Are they, they like professional? Are- Get up
3: and take a shower? Here's
4: the thing: they're all so unique. Uh, poet, my oldest, is so amazing. She's your child's name, name is poet. Is poet. Yeah,
3: <laughs> nice. She's yeah. an
4: advocate. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She loves psychology. She's just amazingly brilliant and incredible. A beautiful writer. Um, Jagger is amazing she's a total entertainer she's like so mm-hmm. focused like this is what I'm gonna yeah. do I'm gonna move to New York I'm gonna do a- yeah. and, you know, she's very committed to acting and uh, and I'm like if she's anything like I was obviously there's no stopping her because I begged my mom I was like I want to do this so much so have you haven't stopped her she's acting or is she she is she's also really focused on her education so mm. a big thing for me is that yes I am supportive also want to make sure that she follows through on her education and having mm-hmm. things outside of that that she loves and of course she wants it like yesterday she's so mm-hmm. determined yeah. and uh, and so now she was like okay fine I'll just write my own my own scripts and literally mm-hmm. over quarantine my daughter who was 12 wrote like a really great screenplay and I'm like all right well go you she's like if you're not gonna make it happen you know like faster. Yeah, I'm gonna make it happen I faster like this. get up <laughs> And Very go. determined, and then uh, my seven-year-old's an incredible artist and so funny. I mean, just <laughs> full-on stand. I mean, you guys, like, he's ready to get out and do stand-up. Uh, so I'm a stand-up
3: comedian. Oh, boy! I um, mean,
4: can I can I introduce you to my seven-year-old because uh, yeah, I, I
3: need an opening act in the new year when I go on tour. <laughs>
4: Great! He
3: comes up with some really funny ones. Somebody needs to between the two I, of us. <laughs>
4: And then the five year old's like into rock climbing, so he I wow. feel like he's going to be like I, he, he'll just climb on anything. It's terrifying. I wonder if he'll be one of those. What is that thing where you like solo? Run? Like I feel like oh well, I feel like he's going to be like jumping from. Well, that's what I
3: mean. Like well, it. through the city. How oh people do yeah, oh that,
4: yeah, totally. Whatever you know, what that is thing that is, is they do yes, back. Park- all parkour, parkour, right? Yeah.
2: Tig. Yeah. And we've got to tell people. Okay, let's talk about the documentary. Jeez, so. Soleil started documentary documenting <laughs> basically started documenting her teen years and then you never looked at this footage until you guys till you decided to make this film not once not a peak so
4: i had locked away the tapes yes for over 20 years and not a peak no i so a few times I tried to peek, oh, no, mainly the diaries, like every once mm-hmm. in a while ah. I would like peek into one of the diaries Yeah. and I had them all locked away in these Tupperware containers mm-hmm. for like over 20 years. Tupperware. It's so crazy. Yeah, I had Tupperware. Well, it was the 80s. It was just tapes. I mean, it was, it was the 90s. It was, oh, it was the 90s. About, right? The 90s. Well, like late 80s and the, the, the 90s. Yeah. See, I mean, it was it's in the so 80s. crazy. Have you
2: guys seen the doc yet? Yes. yes. This is what's ridiculous about our show. We see the docs, but somehow we never seem to talk about them on this podcast. Yeah. But yes, we Yes, ha- we saw so. the doc. But we that's why
3: you're here. <laughs>
2: No, I was just making... No, I, I no. know. Yeah, no, it's a,
3: it's a fair question. Do you think it's a coincidence that we have a, a <laughs> documentary podcast? And we have you yeah, on. I, and we have you I just on? Was like, I you was thought just I was saying, just like, no, I got to tell her about punky corns? <laughs> Which I, I'm so I knew, glad that I, I, I was know. able uh, to tell you.
4: I knew you had seen it, but I just wondered for a moment. Oh, my <laughs> gosh.
3: Fully saw it. So you peeked in, and and did you... There has to be stuff that you looked at and you were like,
4: there's no way. Yeah. So basically I, I I realized now that it was very much a subconscious thing because I turned 40 and I had a lot of questions about like, did things happen the way that I remembered them? And I was Mm -hmm. starting to feel, you know, I had this beautiful family Mm -hmm. and I started to wonder who am I in addition to this family. And I realized now that on a subconscious level, I started opening up the tapes for that reason. I did not realize what was on the tapes. I didn't know what was on the tapes. I didn't know what was in the diaries. And I think I just locked it away because ultimately there was so much love and joy and there was also a great deal of pain. And and so yeah, I, I really hadn't I hadn't watched them. I hadn't looked at them. I hadn't really peeked at them. Um, I was tempted to. And if I ever did, you know, for a second, I'd be like, oh, I'm not. I I think I just wasn't ready. I think that I must have known on a subconscious level that there was just so much in there. And then when we started the doc, like my plan was to make it about everyone but me. Mm -hmm. And so I tried so hard to make it about everyone else. And then as the onion peeled back more and more and more, it just became this more and more personal Journey. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, because it was literally through your lens. Did you well, see what I'm saying, Tig? I'm talking about filmmaking and mm-hmm. and yeah. also about life. You can see it through a camera lens, but also through your own eyeballs and how you see things, mm-hmm. Tig. But then also, people,
3: you know, were filming you. There were times it wasn't yeah. it wasn't through your lens. Other people. Um, yeah. is that something where you were like, "Hey, film me," or somebody would grab no, your camera? No, just people would
4: pick up. People would pick up the camera, and I think at the time because there wasn't really nobody was using these video cam. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have social media or phones, right. and so it was kind of like a novelty where people would be like, "Oh, what is this thing?"
2: Oh, I you know. know what what I mean? It was really like, fun to see people so excited to see a video camera <laughs> and to look through it and to be like, "Whoa!" You would look so
3: dumb. <laughs> if you were going to parties now with a video camera, (laughs) people would be like, who invited this nerd? Take your video camera
4: and scram clown. Scram clown. That is so funny. Literally, so you guys, a week ago, my stepdad, this is so Mm. crazy, sends me a picture and somehow, it's like literally I feel like I'm in a movie inside a movie. I'm like, how would you even write this? Literally, Mm. my my mom and stepdad live like hours away and, and we moved out of my childhood home many years ago. And he finds another box of tapes, you guys. Oh, my God. And one of them says Canada. So I'm really curious what's on the Canada tape. Um, I'm curious what's on all the tapes. So yesterday for Mother's Day, they bring it over. And there's there's these, right? There's these (laughs) mixed tapes. And so I'm like... We've got to get a tape player. So I go, I go to the kids. I'm like, "Where is the Walkman that I got you at the beginning ah. of quarantine?" So we're running around the house last night trying to find the, like Walkman. A way to play. Is okay. it and a
2: cassette? Yeah, are they cassettes? It was so
4: because I was like, they're cassettes. A they're like mixtapes, tapes, right? And yeah. I'm like, I've got to hear these. Man-. So we're running around the house trying to find this Walkman that I got them. That I was like, oh, I'm gonna be so cool to like teach them what a Walkman is. They bring it up, and I'm like trying to play it and I'm like where's the charger and I'm like oh, oh can I cuss oh fuck yeah. wait hold, wait, oh. these don't take oh, a no. charger so then she I'm like cussed. double A batteries but the batteries like don't work anymore and it was so funny because I feel like I live like time has just folded over and I live between this like wormhole of like space time. Decades. I
3: remember when I, you know, not to go off track here, but I remember that when my godmother Mm. brought a Walkman over to our house, I was just like, I'm sorry. You're saying I can walk around and listen to music? Yes. Um, (laughs) <laughs> i am I, sorry the first
2: time i saw an ipod that's re- that's more recent no but Cheryl. it was no but it was crazy because uh I hate we're talking about drop. like the wheel <laughs> peter gallagher we were on a plane and he shows me like the little tiny you mm. know ipod and he said there are over a thousand songs right? on this <laughs> and i was like that's not possible and yeah. He's like Cheryl. I'm telling you, in this little machine, you can put any song you want and listen to it. And I was like, "What? That's crazy!" Peter
3: Gallagher. Right. The iPod that I had was like an inch thick. Yeah, this like was five say. inches long, and I still had it until about seven years ago. And I remember people were making fun of me because they were like, "Oh." They've gotten a lot smaller, (laughs) Tig.
4: I'm such a hoarder. I still have all of them.
2: Oh my gosh! And that's
4: so funny you said that because I remember giving birth to my first kid, and literally it was this big, right? This thick, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like like an inch wide or something. And I was like, press a button. Yes, and And I. I And I had that same feeling that you guys did, which is like, what? I can have, like, thousands of songs on my, like, delivery playlist? Like, this is crazy.
2: It's like magic. Okay, listen, you guys, let's get back to the doc. But Before we (laughs) get back to it. Yes? Talking about your hip,
3: cool, space-aged video camera. Yes. Let (laughs) us not forget. And I dated somebody that had one of these, okay? Let us not forget... (laughs) the video camera that had the actual VHS slot (laughs) that you open and slide an entire VHS tape into, and then (laughs) close that door, and then you walk around with basically, what, six bricks on your shoulder? And people are like, oh my god, (laughs) did a spaceship just land? This is so... High um, tech. (laughs) Yeah, it's so high (laughs) tech. I'm still getting used to my Walkman, that oh I can God. just walk around town with a, a TV. has to be plugged in. into anything.
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution.
2: So I think it's fair to say that this documentary, you started recording things way after mm-hmm. Punky Brewster was over. Yeah. But by the way, when you when Punky Brewster was at its height, you're meeting Nancy Reagan and Johnny Depp and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's
4: monkey. Gee, I have a crazy Michael Jackson story oh. at some point. You'd be the first.
2: I would like to hear it. So
4: I went to uh, Bruce Springsteen love Bruce Springsteen oh, concert same, same. He, oh, love and we went and he and Elizabeth Taylor were there and I Michael. gave him this like yeah, yeah. And, and we were like in a box we somehow I had a friend who knew him. it was crazy this is like the height of punky right wildness wait how and old were you I was like, like eight na- eight or nine okay. and then he had Come on, and then it he was had, the height had, of punky Sherry. no more and, stupid and I, questions I gave, I gave him a yo-yo and he was like playing with it under the table
2: wait and, Michael or the monkey yeah Michael. Is that good or something?
4: And then Elizabeth Taylor had this gigantic ring that I thought was out of a 25 cent machine because I had never seen a ring so big. Like I thought it was like one of those like pretend, you know. And then like a week later I went to his house and you guys, I was supposed to be with a group of people and the group of people left and I ended up in a jacuzzi with Michael Jackson.
2: All of the words you just said uh, are intense. First of all, you were... (laughs) At a concert in a, (laughs) in a box. Was your mom there? My mom was there, yeah. Okay, so you guys were hanging out with, with Michael and How Elizabeth. How do you yeah. end up and in a, j- a hot, hot tub with, with Michael? Michael I, have not- I told you, I can
4: blow your minds, you guys, on the tangents that I can go off on. Okay,
3: but did he invite you when you were in the box? Was he like, you got to come over to my house?
4: Yeah, and we had, I had friends and like, I, I knew I had a friend whose family was working mm-hmm. with him. And so like a week later, I get invited over there and there's a group of people and first of all we watch Willy Wonka he has Willy Wonka like in the chocolate factory in a movie theater and we're I mean did you guys I did not expect this to go down the Michael Jackson route although it's so
2: we welcome it's
4: it's 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 like it's so fascinating right but we have to just
3: immediately (laughs) jump to did you find him weird or inappropriate or I mean looking
4: back I think I still am putting together the pieces (laughs) it's like Uh it is all the whole thing is so surreal at the Mm. time I didn't think it was as crazy, and, mm-hmm. and it definitely, in retrospect, like, is pretty fascinating. Sure.
3: And so you get an invitation. You're ha- what do you talk to Michael Jackson about in a hot tub as an eight-year-old?
4: So I felt like it was a very adult conversation. Like, we had a very – by the way, my yeah. mom had no clue. My mom thought I was there with, like, a group of friends. It, the friends started to, like, leave and so, so my mom didn't know that I was actually there with but you, Michael but alone.
2: Somebody had to drive you there.
4: Oh, she did. But when I when when my mom dropped when my mom mm. and I went there, there was a household full of people. Mm. So she thought like, and there was adults and you know what I mean. It wasn't like yeah. she was like, oh, I'm. And I'm then when she came alone. to get you, and then when she came to get me, she was like, what is going on? Where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> we're over here in the hot hot tub tub. we're in the arcade
2: with bubbles with With bubbles Bubbles, the monkey i'm
4: I'm not sure if i even told my mom at the time i mean really it is wild
2: i'm sure you found yourself in a lot of uh, situations where first of all a kid would never be normally and then and then when you became a teenager when you're watching this film it looks like i mean it seemed like you guys didn't have a care in the world and you were just all sort of hanging out and doing drugs can I say that Cheryl people heard that (laughs) literally one of my favorite scenes
4: is the mushrooms uh or the the moments one of the highlights in my life um (laughs) was us in the poppy fields that was very funny (laughs) here's the thing no in all honesty like we we were very innocent for so much of our like youth and we did have our innocence and i can speak for myself at least you Mm -hmm. know we would go to amusement parks and play and hang out and my house was kind of like summer camp and everybody was there and my mom would cook these yeah your house seemed fun and your mom seemed cool it was like our real life eighth grade you know we just there was a very small group of us that were all really really close and had very authentic friendships and we would go to school and just hang out and dance around and hang out in parking lots and laugh. And, and then certainly, like, once we got to a certain age where some kids experiment, like, I started experimenting a little bit. And when I tell you, like... I think that was one of the only time. I mean, I've maybe done them like a few times in my entire life. That happened to be one of them. I just happened to have a video camera. So whereas... I
2: know, that's so That crazy. you did mushrooms.
4: Yeah, I, I, mm. and, and literally, for me, it was just... I was documenting everything. So yeah, we would get... <laughs> we'd go out and, you know... And you hung out sometimes in parking lots, Yeah, like the Formosa Cafe. We would like go hang out in the parking lot. And we, we were just having so much fun. And I think the thing is... I I think so many of the things we did are things that people do all over the place, right? Like they experiment with drinking and this and that. you know what I mean?
3: I was telling my wife that when I was a kid, we used to go hang out in a parking lot at the mm. grocery store and she was like, "Who hangs out at a parking lot? What were we oh, doing? We a would parking listen lot? to
4: music and like, oh my blast God, we sit and on just on like the hood. Run around the car. Yeah. yeah.
3: We'd sit on yes. the hood of the car, listen to music. and Stephanie was like, "No." Yes.
4: Who on earth? I can't wait till she finds out late. And the thing that's been so amazing about the response is to see that, to your point about how we make something through our own lens, my dream was that other people would be able to view it through their own lens. And to hear these shared experiences from other people mm-hmm. has been so amazing because like, this was just us growing up. And yeah, there was like the partying that, that I like experimented or, you know, things like that. But really, there was also a great deal of innocence. And I know it sounds crazy coming off of Michael Jackson to a great deal of innocence. It was a very surreal world. And mm-hmm. yet, there was a lot of grounding in my home of, a, you know, of a really amazing dynamic family. Have your and kids friends. seen
3: the documentary?
4: my daughters yeah they've I mean my 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 oldest filmed quite a bit of of the like when I was reading my diaries and things Mm -hmm. like that and and they've been so supportive and I think so much of of me getting to a place of being able to share it and come to terms with so much of my experiences was also having daughters that were coming of age as well and you know how so many people are like oh no 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 I've experienced it you know when you tell your kids and they're mm. like, yeah, right, and I'm like, no, yeah. no, no. I really right. went through watch my yeah. documentary. I'm like, I'm like, here. Watch this, but it's opened up a line of communication for us. And I, I'm not saying that everybody parents this way or that it's it works for everyone. For us, it's created an honest conversation, and I think mm-hmm. for me, that's really important that that I can have that and talk to them, and that I hope they feel like they talk to me.
2: I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that you have so much footage. I mean, that's why this film is standing out to people and just the idea that you were what's the word I don't know aware enough at the time to know that this was going to be it would somehow be important later for you or maybe at the time you were just doing it for entertainment I mean at the time would you go back and watch the footage or was it just you were just shooting 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 stuff and then you put it away it was
4: very much the teen journalist in me and I i really every once in a while would look at a tape but really I was just documenting it and then putting it away and putting it away and mm-hmm. I really do believe we come into this life with that sole purpose inside that is just so innate in our inner being and that there was this part of me that just wanted to doc there that I just it was that spark inside. Were
3: you at all into documentaries?
4: I love documentaries. Yeah. When you were and a like, kid? When I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid, I was super into journalism. I, I think more than anything, I was fascinated by people. And I loved the colorful world of people. Mm-hmm. My dad was a civil rights activist. My mom was an activist. I was taught in an early age that you take pain, you turn it into art. And I loved I would always I was always like the 5-year-old asking the taxi driver about like, you know, what their life story was. So I think it was it was that I just was fascinated by the world around me mm-hmm. and colorful people and stories and that we each have our story and I wanted to know as much as I could about people's stories.
2: In this film and part of your story that I found really Interesting. It's interesting and heartbreaking and fascinating. So, we, so you were the the cute little girl, huge star, and everybody thought of you as this little sweet, fun girl. And then, yeah. And then you started developing. Yeah. So you started getting, um, yes, some larger breasts. Yeah. Shall we say well, at yeah, an early age? well vinyl but it's it's delicate I, I'm so
4: down to talk about it I went from like a little you know just this this little girl to like a triple d e in like a matter of uh, of a few years and it was so fast my development happened so fast
2: that had to be strange
4: it was so strange because suddenly
2: people are you know, looking at so, you yeah completely d- totally different. differently
4: yeah. And there's the objectification and all of, of that that I felt, and not to mention, like, my back pain and, you know, my insecurities and, you know, bending over you and just... Try to and to make them look smaller. Every, yeah, and everywhere I would go, people would be, like, punky hooters or perky, you know, like, punky boobster or You know, and and for me, I know I I certainly developed insecurities around it. And then I was like, I, I want to do this thing that's going to... Help myself and help others, and that's when I decided to do my breast reduction. And, and how
2: old were you then? Because I was, I was fifteen. See, that's so crazy. So, and it's so wild. <sighs> and 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 what I think,
4: Cheryl, what I think is so fascinating about it too, is the way that this is so timeless. Because I yeah. look at my daughters, and they are so developed as well. And I think about how much it is is magnetized now. With social media, right. and I see so many of the same things happening to them. Yet it's magnified times a million. And I wonder what are the long term effects on young people today? Because hmm. we are treating them the same way, and yet now there's cyberbullying. There's this. There's yeah. that. I mean, there's so much to it. To be
2: fifteen um, and to make a, that kind of decision—that's gonna you know—that you live with for the rest of your life after you had your breast reduction did you ever you know I don't know when you're 30 say oh what did I do how could I have done that when I was that age or no I'm no. I'm so grateful I mean I remember
4: not being able to you know I'd, I'd want to go horseback riding you know or have an experience like go roller skating with my friends or just anything and my back was in so much pain my shoulders had indention like I mean it was it was really hard and I love being voluptuous I'm Totally comfortable same. being voluptuous. So same. I, I mean, I love Not it. I'm same. like, I am, <laughs> this is I am so down disgusting. with it. Um, it was just that the back pain
2: and the, all mm. of that it
4: made it so hard to. And
2: how did you decide on? And listen, you don't have to answer any of these I questions, don't if you anything. but how did you decide on the size? I mean, when you're 13 and you develop well, so quickly, and then when you're 15 and you say, Oh, I'm gonna get right, reduction. I, I mean, and
4: I didn't know if they were gonna grow back, like, I didn't right. know if they
2: would continue Keep growing. growing.
4: They do, Keep don't growing. they? Growing, I while. mean, mm. for a while, right? So, I had a very different experience. <laughs> I love being voluptuous, so I wanted to mm-hmm. stay voluptuous. Mm-hmm. It
3: mm-hmm.
4: was more the back pain and everything else, so that was how I decided was I wanted to still stay voluptuous, knowing that I could potentially grow a little more. Mm. So I chose on a C. I mean, I'm way oversharing here. I hope you guys
0: are okay. with That's this. all we do. On I this chose show, whether people want to hear it or C not. A full
4: C cup mm-hmm. because I felt like if I went up to a D, I'd be cool. Which I have like okay. since then gone back and forth. Well, and okay, that was how I chose.
3: Okay. See, I, um, I had whatever the smallest size is, mm-hmm. um, and then um, uh, and then. Th- you know thanks to cancer i had um both of them removed and tossed i'm assuming into a dumpster in an alley in oh, hollywood tig. somewhere
2: that's what? so tig, dark I'm and so sad sorry. like like the surgeon went out to the dumpster just and just like
3: flicked them to- <laughs> just tossed them <laughs> oh. out of a window into a dumpster and there's oh. rodents fighting over them no don't but sleep. i have to say after my double mastectomy um i don't know if anyone even noticed <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Come if on. anyone was like oh they're gone oh, <laughs> those things
2: but Ben, uh, that's a question too like did you do you ever look back and think oh maybe I should have done reconstructive surgery oh well, I guess Me? you still could yeah no
3: I you know when I was uh in the middle of it all and I was going to see different surgeons and they were like oh you know because I had to get I had to talk to different surgeons, different reconstructive surgeons, different oncologists. It was all happening so fast. And every time I was meeting with somebody, it was like, um, yeah, you know, we'll just, you know, take some fat out of this and move this here and then cut that off and move. And I was just sitting in every uh, meeting with a surgeon thinking, I can't even imagine I can't imagine. I mean, I I didn't I didn't feel attached enough to my chest to have other parts of my body removed. And and you know what I mean? Ah. I mean, I felt attached to my body. I think that was the crazy part was Mm. when they said I had to have both. I had to, to have a double mastectomy. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I haven't really thought enough about my body. To realize, like, I like my body, I don't Uh want it to change. Yeah. And so it was the scariest feeling. I remember in my head when I was being rolled on the gurney down the hallway to surgery, I remember just in my mind picturing my hands just dragging along the walls of the hallway, even though they weren't just in my mind. I just, I did not want to have this surgery. I didn't want my body to change. Yeah. And then when I came out of surgery, and went through recovery um i kind of felt <laughs> i felt uh 8 years old again because my chest was completely flat and it i just it, it was a weird thing to feel um like a child again like you, like
2: a, like you reversed
3: yeah it was it ended up being a positive in that it's, i don't know
4: i think what you are saying is so empowering and incredible and I spent a great deal of time thinking about our perspectives of ourselves Mm -hmm. and and that that feeling because so much of this experience was an experience of really discovering Mm self-love and the fact that you were so strong and came out of it and and recognized that is so beautiful and I look at so many peers you know and their view or sense of themselves and I look at beautiful women with beautiful bodies that do and I'm and by the way I'm I can only speak for myself like I'm I'm not saying I would never do anything but I look at them and they're doing so many things to try to fix these parts of themselves Mm -hmm. that are so not broken like Mm -hmm. I look at it you know what I mean and I'm like you are so beautiful like you have the greatest this or that and i'm Mm -hmm, like and it's just so fascinating because it's like we have to see it in ourselves like i look at my scars and i'll be like oh should i do and then i'm like that's part of my character it's part Mm -hmm. of like what makes me Mm -hmm. who i am these are some of the best parts of me because they each hold a story You know? yeah
3: well yeah i always tell people that you know when i, I cuz i did a stand up special with my shirt off um a few years amazing. ago amazing and i remember th- the point i had come to was cuz i kept feeling compelled like oh i want to i want to go on stage and do my stand up with my shirt off and not even talk about it i just i felt so compelled because i knew it would make people uncomfortable and laugh and especially if i just talked about like uh Airplane food, yeah, yeah, (laughs) and so I was like, "Oh, I gotta have to do this." So I did it for my HBO special, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that you're gonna do that." And but what came over me was scars are proof that I healed, Mm -hmm. and so that was this realization that I had of like, "Oh, I don't feel scarred." I feel like, oh, I have proof that I've healed. Mm-hmm. And so it oh, was empowering to that. me.
2: I love that. <laughs> <getting> um, <laughs> you guys, I I don't mean to switch gears. Well, I do. I do mean to oh, switch gears. Oh, you want to gears. talk about the documentary? Yeah. This oh, is okay. the problem, Soleil. I'm the only person on here who <laughs> tries to... As I'm crying over here. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> So can we just talk about Charlie Sheen for a second? Sure. Um because oh God, you champ. did watch it. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. You hung out with famous people, and, and that's what's fun about the – I love out of all the people, let's, let's that's, talk about Charlie. Let's talk – well, I mean, because – by the way, at the time, Charlie Sheen was at like – the time, I Come mean. Come on, right?
4: I mean, at the time. At, let's
2: just at talk the the time, about like, – oh, At I the
4: missed ti- that. What?
3: I, I I just I didn't know I you knew never the had name a th-
4: Charlie Sheen like do you no. remember Platoon days yes. I mean like literally I mean I had I like, was John Travolta pa- I was
3: Eddie Van Halen oh, I oh, was yeah. not Charlie Sheen oh wow well
2: <laughs> some of us were <laughs> am I right so I <laughs> saw him I saw him in movies but I yeah,
3: was that's like what oh I can with. see <laughs> there's a person there that's how it felt oh my wow. go, there, there he is you didn't look at him I and go hey I could get down
2: with the Charlie Sheen no no. no. You were you looked at John Travolta and said, Hey, I could get down with the John Travolta. <laughs> Sandy. Oh no! That's not the exactly. second place. Yeah. Please.
4: No, please. <laughs> my favorite, by the way my my daughter just got an original Grease album yesterday. Oh my god,
2: I loved Grease so much. Oh so, nice. So. Um, Grease, I,
4: and I love Grease too. Also, secretly, oh, so I mean, not even secretly. Secrets
2: out. Secret writer. I mean, Twitter
4: is a blaze. I mean, I want to see. Oh oh l. I mean, like oh I could. Yeah, I didn't see Grease. No. John Travolta
3: wasn't in it, right? No. Yeah, I Maybe had no it was business. Michelle Pfeiffer, right? you might as well yeah. put Charlie yeah. Sheen in there. Like that's you know, like Oh no, it was Maxwell it was Maxwell Caulfield.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: we'll just have to believe you.
2: <laughs> so you you were hanging out with with people like Mario Lopez and how did you connect with Charlie Wait, Sheen? Wait, that's again? the end of the list? Uh, well. With Mario Lopez. <laughs> I'm like, Mark McGrath, that's it? Sarah Gilbert. These people are in the the film but um so you are how old and and then i'm 50 did he remind our listeners how this came to be
4: okay i had known him for a long time mm-hmm.
2: so okay.
4: i was 18 okay oh all right for 18 the record, in florida That's i was 18 in
2: florida oh wow uh, we can do anything when you're 18
4: I, I i i was there was a planet hollywood opening no
2: oh. uh, hello
4: okay hello. And, Woo, and go on we're and salivating I, and i'm and i'm <laughs> I might have been the one that even like I might have been more the initiator in this situation, oh, yeah. okay. which is okay. is way more information than no. We this no, is what we're here to, for. It's just yeah. us. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm not think, releasing though, this is, episode. Is to be <laughs> to be. We're gonna honest. put it in a time cap And and again, I I I can only speak to my experience. Right. Okay. That's I all had nice. had I had had experiences before mm-hmm. that you know that were were conflicting for me that were painful for me to deal with mm-hmm. and I think this is kind of one this is one of those things where for me in a way it was in in wanting to own my own story if that makes sense mm-hmm. do you know what I mean yeah. in, in mm-hmm. wanting to write something take charge that, yeah, and, yeah and again it was a very different time and I had a crush on him for a long time and so I, I can only speak to my experience which was that with me he was very sweet and, and are you okay. still in so touch was, with him you know, it's 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 sweet. He actually, over the years, has reached out um, a number of times when really amazing things have happened um, throughout my life, and mm-hmm. was incredibly generous towards the charity work that I've done. He has reached out at different times and just said that he's really happy for me, and That's he's nice. been very kind. and And um, and also before the documentary. So, I mean, well, before the documentary came out. So, he's just always treated me kindly and it's funny because the diaries when I read them back were way more loving than even I had remembered them to be you know because in our teen minds if we don't talk to somebody for a few weeks it feels like months or months feels like years and when I go back through them
3: and does he know that he's in this documentary or he does he does have you heard from
4: him since uh he I I have not directly spoken to him since Mm -hmm. the documentary came out although he has Mm. said very kind things about me publicly and that he's very happy for me with the doc.
2: That's nice. Well,
3: I'm glad that he was nice to you. I'll tell you what. I was at the Comedy Central roast, I think, for Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Right? They roasted him. I
2: don't know, but I believe you.
3: Yeah. I was there...
2: Oh 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 boy! What I happened?
3: Went, I'll tell you what happened. Oh my! god. I went to get up to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and you know who cornered me in the bathroom? Charlie Sheen? No, oh. his wife or ex-wife oh. at the Which time.
2: Which one? De- uh, Denise Brooke?
3: Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And what did she say? Why well, come? I come walking out of my uh, my little stall, right? <laughs> And uh, I come swinging out of that stall, the door swinging right open like a saloon, right? I'm coming out, going to wash my little paws. And uh, somebody's asking her to take a picture. And then she glances over at me. Yeah. She grabs me by the arm. Yeah. And she says, hold on a second. Wait for me. And I was like, (laughs) what? So she's finishing up a picture. (laughs) In the bathroom, and I'm standing, I'm like washing my hands, going, what does this woman want? (laughs) First of all, (laughs) why are you having to wait for her? Yeah, I don't even know who this is. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm washing my hands. And then uh, she comes over, and she goes, are you into women?
0: oh oh and i said
3: uh wow yeah oh (laughs) and she said yeah me too oh and i was like oh okay (laughs) and then she said um let me give you my number oh and I, I was like, okay. I, I was so confused. <laughs> I was so like, I had no idea what was happening. And then um, I get her number. I mean, it was so, I was truly just like, this it's is amazing. Like, okay, okay. Yeah. This I is I walk amazing. out and then... Um, my friend was waiting for me. My friend, who was one of the co-hosts on the, did the name that the punky, right. oh. he's waiting for me. And she walks out, and I tell my friend to come over to me. And I said, that woman right there. And I told him the whole thing. And he goes, that's Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. I was like, are you kidding me? And then she comes up, and she's like, use my number. Oh, wow. So did you call her? No. I, no. You should have have called her. No. Why didn't you call her? And when my friend, because my my friend was like, you have to call, you have to call her. And I said, listen, I have had my share of cuckoo birds (laughs) over the years, and if this is Charlie Sheen's ex-wife, I do not... Want to sign myself up
2: for for cuckoo birds. That's quite a uh, way to try to pick somebody up. <laughs> what kind of person that? That's your move is to be? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, get, I can't imagine seeing somebody yeah in the bathroom going, "Wait for me one second, like, like a oh total God, stranger. Grab
3: me by the arm. <laughs> wait, wait for I me. Wait for me one mean. second.
2: And then you write down your phone number. And go, you know, use it. She must have really. I mean,
4: had a. I mean, she must have really caught for her you. Eye. I And she was probably doubt, devastated that you never. You used never called. She sat I there. She's, She's, She's still, still waiting. Never
3: thought of <laughs> Brooke me is still again. waiting. She probably grabbed other people by the arm as she made her way back. Oh, and then I was sitting back at my table, and then the camera was panning to her because he went up at the end of the night, you know? Yeah. And I guess at the end of the night is when they roast everybody else. Oh, right. So when he was doing that, the camera kept panning to her, and I was... Like, and you're like, Tick. she, j-
4: hey, she just came up to yeah. me in the bath. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so she grabbed me by the arm. <laughs> she
2: grabbed me.
3: And, wow. Uh, yeah, oh, I know. Listen, amazing. I can't go anywhere. Hot tigs.
4: Um uh, oh, So God. I've
3: been trending yeah. on Twitter for being hot and sexy. I'll just have you know. There's a hashtag. By the way, I like- can, TIG started I, I, that says like, hot TIG. I don't want to I didn't disrespect start anyone, hashtag. but I
4: can see. I Look at how beautiful you both are. Yep. Like, I mean, oh. no, let's
3: keep the attention on me. <laughs>
4: I mean, I come on. I'm I'm the way, so Cheryl late.
3: is not trending I, for
2: being for, I mean, sexy AF. I thought you were going to say I, for once, let's I, keep the attention on our guest. I mean, no, on no, me. I, I, TIG,
4: I can understand it. I, I, I mean, again, like okay, I'm trying thank to be you. respectful. Thank I, you. I know. I, Cheryl, you're a very
3: nice person but i'm the one trending not, okay. I, hashtag. I love it i'm in the I new movie it. army of the dead oh, Please, okay uh, go to theater listen, to
2: listen. i think That's we sexy. need to wind it down what why really? why she just I mean, got here <laughs> well, people have listen. our listeners have things to do they're surgeons they're vacuuming very sad because i really yeah
4: gonna i know. Miss you. i don't want it to oh. end well, you can listen to the podcast, <laughs> I, I and then well, we can just, be friends for sure. Can I get your? Do you, Do you think that that, that so we should exchange it, numbers but, all of us afterwards? Yes, of so course.
3: Okay, I thought oh, you were just okay. going for my number. Oh. I was like, I well, I, want me, your wife,
4: I don't want your wife to get you know.
3: Yeah, Stephanie. I don't either. Oh, oh, yeah. she you don't want be, to make Stephanie I have mad. so much
4: respect for Stephanie. She
3: would be very upset. <laughs> so probably. Upset. <laughs> uh, she would probably be so mad. She would probably care.
2: <laughs> um, so Lei, let me ask you this. Ask me anything, please. And just so people know. Yeah. Two things that you should know about our listeners now that they're gonna Mm. they're gonna leave with with Michael Jackson and Charlie Sheen (laughs) yes a lot of them will never uh they don't watch the films some sometimes not always some watch the film and then listen and then sometimes they listen and then they go back and go oh I gotta see that film so just so so people know that I mean you cover a lot of different themes and ideas in this documentary and definitely your teen years and a lot of pain there was a lot of loss that until you're older and you can step back and say whoa i went through that and my friends went through that and i didn't even realize what was happening at the time i think a lot of people respond to that you know but do you ever feel like oh it's weird that i i mean going back to punky brewster i was like punky brewster when i was eight years old and you, you know, you had the eyeballs of the world on you then. And then you had to, you know, be a real person after that. Was that strange? Do you ever think, oh, I wish it was, you know, Punky Brewster when I was 30 and I had grown up a little? No, I mean, I'm a big
4: believer in life that our experiences happen for us and, and not to us. And, I really am so grateful like I've I've had such a amazing life and to be able to continue to do what I love I really believe that this this whole experience has been this coming of age of both the teen me and adult me you know coming together at the same time and to be able to now feel like I was able to Forgive that little girl that was feeling so many insecurities and shame and all those things that are wrapped up in some of our Experiences when we you know think that we've put ourselves in certain situations that that have led to that And for the little girl me to ask the adult me, you know Who have you become? Have you made your life worthy? Are you living with purpose? My entire life has changed from this documentary
2: completely. Wow, that's so interesting. Why? Why? Just because it because you've taken a step back and you it gives you a chance to look in and analyze and or and or is it that now people are sort of seeing you again in the for, for, for multiple reasons, you know, in in that I always thought
4: that aliveness and spark was associated with youth you know and when Mm -hmm. i started unlocking the tapes and the diaries i rediscovered that part of me that for so many years and i love my children and i love being a mother and i loved being a wife i had really put that part of me that artistic part of me that spark that we talk about being ingrained in us from that early age and it kind of put that away. And when I opened up the box, Pandora's box, I was never gonna put that back. So it changed my relationship. It changed my marriage. It changed the way in which I communicated with my kids to the point that now, you know, I've gone through this transformation. I call it transformation because divorce and separation feels like not something you experience. That happened since the documentary? Yeah. yeah. Is it because um, of the documentary? I think what happened is we just, you know, I have so much love for him and we Mm -hmm. just grew in different ways. And in me, it's almost like I became much more who I once was through the course of it. And Mm. it changed our interaction so much. And I think it Mm. was a big part of it because I unlocked so much of myself that it was like I, the, the way that I looked at the world You know was so was so much through this new perspective which was so so interesting and again you know we had grown so much and yet we were growing in different ways and i just have so much love for him and for our kids but yeah since the documentary like i mean so much has has
2: evolved that's intense that is intense and then do you are you what are you doing now Because it seems like you should be directing films. Thank you. So
4: very focused on directing and then have had the most amazing time doing the continuation of Punky, which has been so much fun. Um, And then the work that I'm really, next to my children, most proud of is the work that I get to do with CORE, which is the incredible nonprofit um, founded by Anne Lee and Sean Penn. And I have the incredible honor of working with them. And since I've been working with Sean since, and and since uh, the earthquake in Haiti. Soon after the earthquake in Haiti, um, and uh, in the last, since last March, not this last March, the March before, we've done over two million vaccinations and tested over five point nine million people across the nation. Wow. Um, for COVID nineteen, wow. so uh, so core is really my my heart and soul it's and your passion. And so much of yeah. of my life. And Sean produced this, right? He yeah, he was an EP on it, which is amazing. Uh-huh. He's, he's such an incredible an executive producer. It. Yeah, he's yeah, an anybody executive. It, it he's amazing. In fact an
3: executive
2: producer. Yeah. If anybody out there is, <laughs> he's, he's, it's not. An sure Appy, what an EP an is. And happy and happy and
4: way who have been so incredible as well. Leo's company, which. And see t- oh see now I'm I'm the one that's like oh excuse me let me pick up that name let me pick up that Leo's company.
3: <laughs> and who is Leo?
2: Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio?
3: <laughs> okay, let's yeah. take a call. I had, lunch with, I, I had lunch
2: with Leo once. Isn't he I lovely? He is quite lovely. I love him. He's so Oh, sweet, you know what? I, so I actually charming. had dinner Rogue. in a big group with Leo. <laughs> one i did okay this is are we ready for our um final thoughts (laughs) are we gonna play name that punky (laughs) i don't think we're ready for that okay i don't by the way i feel i mean Mm -hmm. you must have gone through ebbs and flows in your life where you're like please not one person call me punky today i've gone through a
4: lot of ebbs and flows i am being completely transparently honest when i say that i am so down that if anyone ever wants to call me punky they can come up and call me punky like that is how much i i I mean i don't mean that in like a
2: uh, like i really do i
4: really do it's part of you so much she's like like
2: yeah i feel like that's so cute
4: we all have that little superhero inside of us and i feel like she's my my little Superheroes, because so. I am sure
2: you've hung out with other actors who people know them from whatever yes. you know that one thing that put them on the map, and they're like, yo yeah, boy,
4: totally."
2: So think and my name is really George Costanza, and,
4: <laughs> and at the same time, and I okay, I understand like that people can get at the same time that has been our choice, like like right. when we decide to put ourselves out there to do yeah. what we do, I feel like it's our responsibility in a way to you know. To like, but I always do I always answer
3: to our TV names.
4: Well, I mean, or at least not I, to be bitter about it. Like,
2: yeah. you know what I mean? Like to what be, to be poor,
4: grateful, right? Yeah.
2: What right. about the poor actors that are known for like horrible, like, oh, what's his What's the name of the cute, mean guy that was in uh, The Shape of Water? You know that actor, Michael, somebody? And he's kind of the mean. He always plays mean. Take your the mean- time, Cheryl. Keep, keep, uh, <laughs> keep trying to
3: think of his name. It makes for a good know, show. I, I,
2: understand, I, I understand. But, you know, some people but, that people love to hate. Imagine those guys. That mm-hmm. sucks. Well, you're lucky because you're Cheryl on TV. Which is also confusing. And not to mention, like, I mean, you're, like, the most,
4: I mean, one of the most beloved people in the world. How do uh, you feel about it? I mean, tig, do you?
2: Tig, are you listening to this?
4: You're I mean, beloved. I'm I love sexy. you. I'll take like, sexy. <laughs> and you are
2: so hot trending on Twitter. Yeah. And that I is, cannot
4: yes. wait to pull yeah. up the show where can I oh. find the show where you did it without the top on oh on oh, HBO yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. boyish um, yeah.
2: girl interrupted oh is boy the show. Um, don't I'm worry so, she's about to plug it I'm so um, excited okay Tig it's yeah. time for Happily Ever After thoughts where we give our final thoughts on this week's mm-hmm. documentary did you cry Tig I did not cry sometimes we cry for ridiculous reasons during the films that we watch, but this time, I kept it together.
3: <laughs> Here's Let me tell you the documentary that made Cheryl cry. I wanna know. Hands on a Hard Body. <laughs> oh, Do you know what that I is? Love, yeah, I love that okay. documentary. Okay, okay, yes, okay. You, totally. get, you she, get it, she gets it. Yes. Okay, if I can, I can, if I can mention that there's a documentary about me as well, and, and, and <laughs> follows me through all of my um, health struggles, Cheryl didn't shed a tear,
2: but you put your hands on a heart on a, tr- a pickup no. truck. Because, by the way, the this woman... guy, he put his hands on the pickup truck for days. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about days. Right. I and went his through feet, four months. his feet hurt. He was hungry. Uh, th- he, uh, right. he was tired. And then he gave the truck to his wife. I had my tits wife. ripped off and tossed in a dumpster. Then he gave the <laughs> truck to his wife. That was like I mean Okay, so she's not a crying eye in the
3: house. She's oh. crying. Okay, and the the other the other question we yeah. ask at the end of every show, yeah. Cheryl? Go um, ahead and ask it.
2: <laughs> uh so who were you attracted to in this film? That's our final question. <laughs> this the, is how we that's end. That's how her. we end
3: every episode. Who were you attracted to? Everyone?
2: Oh. <laughs> wow, we've never had that answer. Did you answer. have a lot of flings with a lot of
4: people in that? Did I hook up? Are you asking if I hooked up with any of the interview subjects when I was younger? Mm. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yes,
2: oh, that was a quick hard so yes.
3: who were you most attracted to out of
4: all of those people when I was younger? Mm-hmm. Oh, I I couldn't name one because mm-hmm. I I mean, you know when I think back. So Brian was has always been such an important, He's piv- so pivotal part of is my he life.
2: Brian Austin Green, yeah, so sweet. He seems so. I mean, every time I see him, he seems so fun and he nice. Would pull and up, sweet. And he would pick me up from school, and it's like. Bronco. And you made out with him. You made out with him. When, yeah.
4: we, when we, yeah, when we were younger, we made up. Cheryl, yeah. I um, just want and, clarity. I'll I'll yes. give you a look. And, look, she's blushing and just then, talking
2: about it. And
4: then, um, and then, let's see. And then, Mario Dan, Dan Danny, I, Danny, we did kiss once. Danny you made up with Mario Lopez once when I was doing Saved by the Bell. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> but I also
4: kissed. Wait, I yes. also kissed Mark oh. Paul. This is you're getting all the oh. juice. Wow. A different time though, when I was younger, because okay. he did Punky. <laughs> I'm wow. way oversharing here. Wow. I forgot this is going out to the so world. So when you were like 11 or something? I mean, yeah, it was like like cute, like innocent little
2: kiss. Cheryl, who were you attracted to? Um, I always think that um, <laughs> I always think that Mario Lopez is cute. Like, if I was in an elevator with a group of people. Oh, boy. You and your elevators. Why does every makeout take place (laughs) in an elevator? Yes, I'm just telling you. And (laughs) you didn't know if you were going to, you know, live after the next Cheryl, (laughs) this is the weirdest thing. Out of
4: all the guys in the dock, that would be the one you'd pick? (sighs) That's it? I love that. By the way, I love Mario. I think that's so amazing.
2: He's adorable. I taught him how to play poker, by the way. I
4: He'll tell you, you that. Did? Yeah, he will it. tell you that too. Does he
2: know that you you got a thing for
3: him?
4: No, I don't. Well, now he does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone's no. listening to this show. Oh, by the way, we've totally left out Mark Wahlberg, who also mm. was super dreamy at the time who yeah, I used. Yeah, that's
3: did. To cute. That, yeah. yeah, I
2: did
4: a movie yeah. with Mark
2: Wahlberg. Oh, shoot. People <laughs> used to think I looked like Mark Wahlberg. Right now they think you look like Tom Cruise. Right. Who were you <laughs> attracted to? I was attracted to brian austin green
3: he is oh, cute too. he is the cutest and he does seem like the nicest yeah. man <gasps> alive not nicer
2: than mario lopez i'm sorry about. nicer wait okay. like he's like so sweet, the most right? authentic i know he, he sweetest, is he's very cutest. sweet he is very
4: sweet
3: and and he's single he
4: i mm. know i think he has a girlfriend He's so sweet though. I mean he's been like Are such interesting? He's been such a dear friend of mine. Are you talking about Tig's interesting? Yeah, I'm uh,
2: asking Tig seems so I'm just curious. wondering I'm just wondering, you know. Just line it up in case things yeah. go south. Yeah. Yeah, I liked you we liked your group of, of people that you hung mm. out with. They're mm. fun. Um, um, I hate to say that we're really this is yeah. really it. It's the end of the um, show. So like, so, yeah. do you have anything you'd like to plug let's just focus on to late this week TIG well first of all I just
4: want to say thank you for having me and this has been oh. truly such a joy thank you the so much for ours. taking the time to do our show and then um, yes you can stream Punky Brewster right now on Peacock TV and you can uh, stream Kid 90 right now on Hulu and you can learn about the incredible work we're doing with CORE and core response right now, and and get involved if people want to volunteer, if they want to donate. Um, I'm really so proud of the work that we're doing, and.
2: That's, That's amazing. That's awesome. All right, well thank you so much. That was so so fun thank and you you're... I just wanted to promote something. No, we don't we're out of time. I have um, a book. I have a book. I have We're, uh, we're out of time. Netflix but... specials. Uh, thank H- you I so much. I have an late. HBO special, com- new a HBO
3: special coming out. We have to we we'll have time later
2: to talk about it.
3: 24th. Okay. I have my uh, Amazon TV yeah. series
2: One Mississippi. Okay. I'm on a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO. And I think it's on HBO Max. I have obsessed. a an online series yes. called um, yes. Under a Rock with Tig Notaro. Talk All show. right.
3: Uh, I'm also on Star Trek Discovery. Okay.
2: Um, should we talk about what we're... we what also film... have another
3: podcast called Don't
2: Ask Tig. <laughs> you guys join us next week when we talk about... The documentary tickled. <laughs> Soleil, thank you so much. Thank you. Was, thank it you was so, so incredible having you. you so guys,
3: great talking oh, to you.
4: You are just an inspiration, and I'm so oh. grateful. You guys, thank you so much for thank having you. me. I really, I'm so thankful. Thank you. All right, Congrats we'll, we'll on see you out and about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we will oh, see you out you and about. So yes, I can't
2: wait. Bye, Don't give my number to Brooke. <laughs> Oh, that's our new tagline. <laughs> and don't give my number to bro. And broke. don't give my number to bro. <laughs> All right. Okay.
4: Oh my god. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye you guys.
2: Bye. Bye. Cheryl, should we do this again? Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs>